Hello everybody and welcome back to yet another Chat About podcast. Today we have the lovely Matthew Ben Attard with us, along with our co-host Andrew John Shiveras. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Hello Matthew Ben. Hello. How are you today, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just tired. I couldn't sleep, so I stayed working since like 6 in the morning. Long week. Yeah, pretty much that, and I say working on the weekend as well. That's fine, that's fine. Always, who needs sleep in this day and age, right? Oh, no. <laughs> um, but basically, Matt, uh, I mean, you're no stranger to chewing, obviously. I mean, you are yes. our brand designer, our pretty much creator of the look that we run mm-hmm. um, around here, and we've been working together on it since... It's been a while, it's been, I think, since last year, end of last year, I guess. It was like around October, November. Around October, I think even like mid late summer, we started the conversation about it all. So you've been quite heavily involved with how, well, how Chatabouts looks, I mean, the logo itself, and even the branding of the whole, Mm -hmm. of the whole company. The fun project. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's very different. That's like, yeah, let's let's take it back a bit to like, because that's what we're going to talk about here today. It's about how you came about to be who you are in terms of a graphic designer, what's your process, and I would like to like have a bit of a look into it, because I, I find it quite interesting, and I'm pretty sure quite a few other people will find it interesting. Okay. Um, so let's take it back a bit, because, I mean, all three of us have been friends for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we say this a lot, but like we used to go to stagecoach a lot when we were younger, um, so all three of us used to meet up at least like once a week, and I remember seeing you sketching cars, I think that's my first <laughs> instance of you um, in terms of being an artist. Every every script I have of a show we were both in, he just randomly drew my script. There we go. Every script I have is just he did some random doodle of some kind. It's, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doodling. That's where I started off. I started off doodling in, in St. Edwards during, I remember, specifically my Maltese lessons. Because I just would not pay attention <laughs> at all. That was my only like source of like concentrating was just doodling away. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess your your question was like how I ended up. Yeah, because I mean, because I remember you like for like hand drawn a lot of like mm. like more I suppose like graphic design and like that kind of process more like just being an artist and like drawing. So what was your process growing up and then becoming? what you are today, you know, as a digital artist and into digital design. Like, what made you start sketching random things, like, out of fun? Like, what was it that, like, I'm just going to randomly draw? I'm like, oh, I'm not okay. decent at this, I guess. Or... I, there's a very easy answer that. It's my cousin. My, okay. one of my Italian cousins. Basically, mm-hmm. I used to always be very jealous of her as a kid because she was always more creative than I was. So if we used to play with, let's say, Playmobils, she'd, like, build a scene and I'd build, like, another scene. And I'd look at her and I'd say, oh, yours is so much better. I need to be more creative. And then that's easy to transition to drawing because we both are into something creative. I mean, she's an architect, I'm a graphic designer, but we both started from the same place, which was drawing. And every time she drew, like I'd say, like, how are you getting the color so realistic here? Like the shades are so good. Like all I do is like scribble at this point. And I never really, I never really grasped, grasped it. So that used to transition the mud to like drawing like my favorite like objects at the time which were cars and bikes and I ended up doing a couple of like small commissions at like 14 15 for like a, yeah. for a couple of people <laughs> um so then from there I had spent a year in in JC and uh, I had I had attempted to try architecture as well by doing okay. pure maths and physics ah, <laughs> you can only imagine how that one that, that <laughs> was that was entertaining yes <laughs> You can imagine how that went. It was a total disaster, <laughs> a total train wreck. Um, but then, 
throughout that time I ended up like getting more and more into like hand drawing. I had art as a, as an intermediate, if I remember correctly. Um, and then after that year came and went, I went to a counselor and he suggested going to MCAS. And then from there, that's where things really took off. Uh, I had started off with like a level four MQF, so it's an advanced diploma. And that's where I had like dabbled with pretty much everything. So it's a bit of video editing, uh, fine arts, graphic design, sound design as well. Those were all included. And by the end of it, so I had like a, I had a few stages where I wanted to do just character design. So just hand drawing characters and coming up with concept art. And then from there, I had I had seen one of these one of the older students there. And every day in the library, without fail, I would go in and I would sit right next to him <laughs> and just look at what he was doing and what he was doing was graphic design okay and that's why I sort of like got hooked on to to the to the idea of graphic design and then from there it's just been sort of like a just an up and just an, a process of just going up and just like perfecting and trying to figure out what my personal style is what I can con- contribute to the rest of the world you know Okay. That's so fascinating. <laughs> it came quite late, I think, actually being like a digital designer, because yeah. like, I, I personally, maybe you had told me like quite a while ago, but I forgot completely that you wanted to do architecture. Um, so I didn't know that was the reason you went to JC4. Like in my head, you had like RT level. Because that's, that's what that really falls no, in. No, you had you maths know? and physics. Uh, yeah. Maths yes. and physics. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine doing maths and physics? It's kind of like... I, I think it's a stereotypical like fail safe if those are the skills you have that's the yeah. most logistical you know career yeah. path to follow because that it's stable and you know it, it, you know you're gonna make money out of it you know it's like if you look at the, at the stereotypical standards I feel like that's the most the most natural path to go down yeah you know uh-huh. that's what they'll say it's like oh it's got a bit of creative but uh-huh. but it's also technical as well like the bare minimum yeah just the <laughs> minimum. Enough okay. to I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna design a building every so often so you design it once and you just design it like the way the client needs or way the landscape requires you to do so so technically there isn't much freedom it's maybe okay. interior design you can get some freedom but uh, it depends on where you start to focus but I guess it's not as creative fulfilling as what you do now um, yeah so you went from wanting to, well, not wanting, go, going to try and be an architect, going to MCAS to then trial and error the different types of design, and then yeah. eventually landing on, on graphic. graphic design. So what do you do now? So you've done your advanced diploma, you did your BA. Mm-hmm. How was that like? Well, how did your process develop throughout those years? Um... Well, I, I can't say I learned much from school at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, literally transitioning from school to work, it's it's a whole different process. Like you don't get, well, at least now you don't get the way the industry is. You don't get um, three months to work on a, pro, on, on a project. If it's a branding exercise, you, you typically get in the industry, what, one, two weeks max. Oh, wow, and not okay. two weeks, like nonstop, like two weeks, like sporadically. You're working on more than one engagement at one go. So exactly. It's not, it's not only. Exactly. So your process and your way of thinking has to really, really change. It's not about, unfortunately, it's not as creative as one wants it to be. You need to be able to sort of like focus on what the client expects you to create and what you think the client would appreciate and what the client could use. Um, it's different. It's different. It's not as creative as you want it to be. But I would say that's the beauty of it because it, it, the limitations in design help push the help push the, the, the idea of creativity further because it's, 
realistically, if you if you're put in a situation where there's no no strings attached, you could pretty much end up doing more or less the same thing from project to project. But as if you have a lot of restrictions, that's gonna force makes, you to think creatively. It's like it's like the paradox of choice, right? <laughs> it's like if you if you have a million one different choices, you don't know where to start from. But kind of the constraint and then pushes you okay. It's like it then becomes like a problem solving game in a way. How can I, I apply my creativity and my skills? But I can't do this and that, so I have to find a workaround. Yeah. So I guess that's where it gets different and exciting. Because yeah. if you could do everything on any, anything you want on any engagement, you'd probably end up sticking to your skills and doing something really yeah. similar every time. Because it's comfortable. Because it's comfortable, yeah. you know what you're doing. You know, but I guess if there's an engagement and you can't do what you normally would do because there's a particular constraint, then it's you're challenged to do something else. Maybe that's not exactly in you know the strongest, you know, sort of in your repertoire, yeah. if so to speak. Then I think that would make it yeah. interesting. Or, or and you said it. You said it quite well. I mean, realistically, what they also don't teach you at school at the end of the day is graphic design is not there. It's not an art. It's it's not art. Art is purely subjective. Graphic design is a subjective is a subjective uh, topic, where it's an objective topic whereby you have to solve a specific problem. And if you can do it in a way that looks nice, that's just a benefit. But at the end of the day, graphic design serves. A function. It's there to solve a problem. It's there to solve a communication problem. So if a, if a company is having a hard time selling, let's say, a, a phone, you use technically graphic design to put focus on where the, on where your customer should be looking at first. Okay. If it's an offer, if it's the actual product, if it's a feature of that product. Whereas art is 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 more there for interpretation. Like if you go and look at a fine art or like an abstract painting. There's no, there's no like clear hierarchy of what you should be looking at and what the painting is trying to tell you. It's like one has a direct objective of what you need to get out of it. Yeah. The other one can be. It solves a problem. Anything and everything. Because I always think, like, again, I'm ignorant. <coughs> I don't understand any of this, so I'm, I'm completely, you know. But I always thought it was like it's art, and even when when I see. Um, your content on social media, like if I ever bother going on it, or, <laughs> or like on social media, I mean, my, 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 social media my social media is quite dead at the moment, I haven't um, posted anything But even like your work, it's like, I think of it as it's art, like it's a creative output. Oh, that is, for me to that is, that is, yes, that, but that then, pretty like, much is. Exactly, but then you saying like, at work it's more like objective, you're f- like it's, the graphic design is a marketing tool and then, like it makes sense, it's obvious, but it's it's still interesting to me. Because for me, when I see graphic design, like a logo, it's always art. I never realize um, the, the message that comes through it is kind of, for me, like, ah, something's pretty and that's it. Yeah. I but, mean, there's always uh-huh. going to be a, an element of subjectivity. If, course, if it's from uh-huh. the designer or if it's from the client, like the client has a very specific design side that they want to focus on, which I think that they may or may not be the best way to go about it. There's always a, an element of, like, subjectivity. But yeah, the, the, the clearer you can get it, the better. Like, the way I'd like to see it sometimes is, Form follows function, so okay. it's function first, function and first. then it's form. So if you're again marketing a phone, as as you mentioned, as an example, it's how can we um get the functions of this phone and what we want the, the our customers to know about this phone out there, hmm. and then the form of it and how it looks is secondary to that. Yeah, as in, it still needs to look nice, obviously. Yes, look at <laughs> some really <laughs> shitty logo, you know, for your phone, but. There is so so so, so fun. That's really interesting to me. I find it really fascinating because I never thought about it really. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning about it more and more. Like even from a branding perspective, uh-huh. now that I'm really trying to focus just on that, like and now I'm really trying to understand like the nuances of what branding actually is. Because you your your main job is branding. 
correct me if I'm wrong. Um, um, I mean, no, not really. I mean, right now in my current job, it's more like a bit of everything. So a bit of editorial, a bit of illustration, branding, um, uh, identity systems. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much a mix of everything right. for now. Because I think like, even like seeing like, for example, going back to like your socials, I see like these like branding projects and these like creating the identity, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, a company or, yeah. or, or a product. And, but then I also see quite a mix of like your own digital art. You know, I've seen you work on like pixel art before. Yeah. I know you've done like the Winnie the Pooh um, illustration for, yeah. for Andy. Yeah. Was he that. literally designed uh, a, a cover for my phone. I, oh, literally okay. told, I literally told him last year on my birthday, I told him. Can you design me a phone cover? He's like, okay, what do you want? I'm like, no, nothing. Just do what I would like. That is all I told him. Yeah, think that's of, your brief. Think of <laughs> me and just do it. And then print it for me and I'll just receive. I told nothing. That's all I told him. And it was brilliant. You still, you still have it. Of course I still have it. It's on the phone. There, yeah, of course there it is. Have it. <laughs> of course okay, I still have, have it. Cool. So it's nearly a year old now. So it's like Hero. just a month shy. Do, do you have like a preference of like what you enjoy doing most or is there something more fulfilling than the other in terms of like these different arrays of graphic design um i personally prefer the branding exercise um for a number of reasons one because i don't know enough about it and it's something i'm constantly learning something new about um and now I'm also learning like it's not like with with branding like i'm actually learning what branding actually is Mm. like let's put it like this branding a brand is not a logo. No. It's not a typeface. It's not a color. It's not a message. It's not. Uh, it's not the way the store looks, or the way, in this case, the podcast looks. Mm. A brand is is a result. It is basically a collection of thoughts. So, let's say you had to walk past a Nike store, mm-hmm. you you'd think, oh man, I really want to start working out again. That mm. thought of you wanting to be fit that is a brand. You are associating that establishment with a particular thought or mindset. Now, what a branding exercise does is align those thoughts, those millions of brands, into one specific niche. Hmm. Like Nike or, let's say, Gymshark do it quite well, where it's a fitness and a, and a lifestyle brand. Yeah. That's what everyone knows them for. But, and, I, and again, like what CEOs and a lot of people don't understand is logos are realistically just a tool for marketing executives to upcharge people for their products over a longer period of time. <laughs> and that's interesting because like even like now that you mentioned it, I started thinking about it, you know, all the most like successful um, brands, products have like a whole community behind them. Exactly. So like, for example, you're talking about like Nike here and like the fitness um, aspect of it all, like there's a whole community there. You look at Nike, you, you, you start to want to be associated with that community, mm-hmm. you know, so that's when like, okay, once you enter that community, then there's a need for the products. Then there's a need to go purchase and that's where... Exactly, they, they that's why you go on their social media, they don't have pictures of their shoes or their tennis mm-hmm. rackets or whatnot. It's it's posts about like the, the latest up and coming... Um, uh, Athletes, exactly. Yeah, and like, ambassadors and yeah exactly. Like, like yeah. even uh, what's her name of, of tennis? Like they, they'll promote, they'll promote like women's rights through all of that. So it's, it, it's a very, it's a very uplifting, it's a very forward-thinking mm-hmm. brand. It's very empowering. That's what they try to strive for. And then all of the products and all that, those are just 
secondary because you're if you're hooked along, on, yeah, if you're hooked on with the rest of the brand, if you just then you're gonna you, buy the new shoes, you're gonna exactly. buy the new top, you're gonna buy another sweatshirt. Because you bought into their promise, yeah. you bought into their mindset, you bought into your their lifestyle will eventually need a need for it then. You exactly. Know, or you look up to these athletes that you like want to strive to be like, you know, exactly. and live a similar lifestyle to them. Exactly. Okay, eventually what do I need to do that? Okay, if I'm gonna go jogging every day, I need a good pair of running shoes to keep me going. There we go. I mean, look at Apple. Look there at Apple. Apple have Apple. done this perfectly. They've labeled Apple, Apple, sorry, Apple have labeled themselves as the brand for people who think differently. Mm-hmm. So creatives. Mm-hmm. So why do you think most creatives go to buy a MacBook Pro? It may not be the best technical like like machine on the market, but for it God's gets sake, the they, they've like they've they've like cemented themselves as the brand for creatives, which is why most creatives go for it. And they've done that like really. Recently, I think with their latest product, like was Mac Studio, you know, like it's literally yeah. a Mac for the studio, yeah. for the video editing studio, yeah. like it's targeting immediately. Yes, yeah. But even before that, the like their, their very first adverts were, were included, like for example, um, what's his name? Like I, I think it was Isaac Newton. They had gotten, they had gotten some like scientists and like some, some producers mm-hmm. and artists at the time and just had a one photo with them, with them on a MacBook or on, a, on an Apple <laughs> product. But they didn't promote the product that it said. They didn't say, oh, it's got this many cores, it's got all this jargon, because they knew people just yeah. weren't going to understand it. Uh-huh. So what they said was, these are the people that are using it, and these are people that are changing the world just by thinking different. And Apple is just a tool at their <laughs> disposal. And that's what led this whole market into like what we have nowadays. Like what they use, they, pre- they promote like Billie Eilish uh-huh. using their product. Like they don't promote the product physically, it's there. But Billie Eilish is the main focus of that shot. Kind of goes like two ways. You have these ambassadors of people that people are very familiar with, you know, so like these artists, these popular artists, mm. and, and you see them using the product, you understand, okay, that's where they come into play. And But for example, I have to say, like, with, with Apple, one of my favorite adverts of them, I think there's um, a work from home series that they yes. have. And there's this, yeah. like, team of, of, like, creatives, so to speak, or, like, who work in an office. Um, and it's just it's basically like a short you yeah, know, they're like, the ones creating like the packaging for yes, yes, packaging. That one. yes I yes. absolutely adore it and they released one like a couple of weeks ago and I saw it on my subscription list I'm like oh my god there's another one it's like a new episode yeah. of the series and they don't actually like advertise the product it's not the focus the focus is them being creative doing their thing you know creating a yeah. business together exactly they just happen to be happy to use all the products you know yes. that apple have and using their tools yeah. to make their lives easier so that's what branding is essentially it is it's a result of a lot of millions of different perceptions and brands mm-hmm. in people's minds and from there so i learned i'm learning a lot more about brand strategy now because mm-hmm. realistically that is going to inform what the brand should look like mm-hmm. So something I had tried out with, with, with chewing, fortunately enough, was trying out a bit of brand strategy, just trying to understand what the brand stood for mm-hmm. as an entity, as an individual. So if you had to see like chewing as a human being, <laughs> it's not the color of their eyes or like how built or skinny or fat they are. It's it, what's in their heart. Mm-hmm. When you look at them for the first time, when you speak to them for the first time, what's the initial instinct you get of this person? <laughs> this is this a genuine person? Is this a person that's going to try and like, screw me over at some point that that's what brand strategy tries to inform so it's asking certain deep questions to the clients to understand truly what their motives are and what solutions they're trying to achieve so brand goals and business goals at the same time Mm -hmm. so so if if someone comes up to you and asks you can you design a logo for me Mm -hmm. what would you like this what would you say like where would you start based (laughs) on your argument it's kind of like 
Because you're saying you don't design a logo, it's the whole brand. So if someone comes up and says, I, I want you to design a logo. Okay, the first question I'll Hypoth- ask Okay, is, I'm going up to you, okay. potential client. May you design a logo for me? Okay, I'll tell you. The first question is, what is your business? Okay. Um, like come up with something, something random, anything. I'm making, I'm selling coffee, I'm distributing them um, as part of a subscription, and I'm sending coffee to okay. people all over the world. So you have coffee on subscription. Yeah. Now what makes your brand, what makes your coffee different from other coffees? Um, it's... Um, <laughs> I don't drink coffee. This is hard. <laughs> it is Brazilian coffee. Okay, it is, it's fine. It okay, it, 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 it's it's homegrown. It's um, you know, like like it's fresh from the packaging. Okay, so you you're expecting like the finest quality at your doorstep, um, exactly when you need it. Okay, and who are your target audience? Our target audience is going to be um, you know, those young adult bougie coffees. You know, they see you see them trying to make like their pour overs okay. and their French press and their. And so let's say between twenties to. 30s. Ah, 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 you know, okay. like, ah, you're going to these 30s. Okay. And what is their lifestyle I got like? you, bad. I got oh, you. Thank you. I, got you. I didn't know I mentioned coffee. This is a really bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> this is really funny. This is really funny. I don't know why I mentioned We went to have coffee, like, uh, there was Lot 61 in Valletta. Uh. Um, and I went, and, I, and it's like this really, like, cute, like, small coffee shop. And I'm like, I just want to own one of these shops. Okay. <laughs> That's a dream, you know? Here we go. You like, like, so there, so we're getting the logo done and sorted. We're getting a head start. What was the question again? Okay, so <laughs> what's the lifestyle of these 20 to 30 year olds? What's the average lifestyle? Hipster. Ah, I think, I think, I think these, these are like your freelance artists, you know, they work from home, so they have the time to make the coffee at home, because these people need time to do it, okay? Mm-hmm. They're not your on-the-go, grab a coffee, or your instant coffee people. So they wake up maybe a little bit later than usual, um, and they have like their first hour, an hour and a half day quite chill, and they use that time as like a therapeutic, you know, you make your pour-over coffee, you, there, you do it properly. And then you drink it in peace. Maybe you're watching your favorite okay. podcast. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know. Chat about sounds like a good one. <laughs> shameless plug. Oh, shameless plug. Okay, so from there, the, the next step of the next stage of the questions would leave into brand archetypes, which is something I'm recently learning. So, mm. what brand archetypes are is basically like the like what do you call it, like um, like the star signs of, of like the individual like uh, ah like like I'm a Gemini for yeah yeah, yeah. Like it's I'm basically like, that. So I'd have a series of questions which I good. unfortunately I don't remember by heart, but all of those questions would basically lead to sort of like a brand archetype. Mm. So I gather everything that you guys have already said. So you guys are young, you're bougie, but you're refined at the same time. And then from there, you would sort of like try and understand like, okay, these young people, they're used to what kinds of logos, what kind of logos would, would, would like fit best. Mm-hmm. Is it a typographic logo? Is it an icon? Most probably not. Because <laughs> it's, it's bougie, it's young. Because <laughs> no, because in my really extremely ignorant mind, it's like, I need a logo for like a coffee brand. And you'd be like, all right, and you just draw some coffee or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> to me, oh, yeah. to me, that's what makes sense. Like, but you ask all these questions, like you don't know, okay, it's a coffee business and just draw something. You, you need to, you kind of hone in on the culture of, of the brand, of the company, exactly. what it stands for, what it wants to achieve. And then the logo is a simple expression of all that. So it's all that yeah. combined into just, one logo, which then can be used on yeah. all sort of, of media or platforms or, exactly. or merch or whatever, you know? So that's, that's insane to my, to my puny little mind, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, think of it like this. I don't know if you guys watch anything about cars or anything, but there's this, this is a YouTube channel called Donut Media. Tell Pixar right, Alka. No, but these guys have done their branding absolutely perfectly. Okay. Like all of their all of their merch, all of their like all of like the, the way the cu- the office culture is, all the way they present their videos and their podcasts, 
is is so like energetic and young and uplifting mm-hmm. and like so educational but in an informative way towards cars like recently now one of their latest pieces of merch is the donut logo on a squashed up sticker uh-huh. as a print Oh. So you have like a, a like a, ah, a squished donut sticker. Yes, oh, exactly. Cool. That's what it is. But it relates so well to their brand because they're they're young, they're they're rough, they're mechanics, they're everything's like all oily and and, and, and dirty. Yeah. It's like to an extent, it's something that you would put on your like on your on your like your laptop for example, yes. regardless of if you like their brand or not, just because it looks cool. Yeah, because it yeah. just relates back to the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the, those are the yeah. those that's what I'm starting to learn nowadays. Like mm-hmm. branding is not about how cool the logo is or how cool the brand or like the identity looks. It's how well does it solve that problem for that specific client and how well does it differ from other similar solutions? Interesting. And now you're saying all of this and like there's a, there's a lot and a lot of detail that goes into creating branding, you know, creating these elements for people that, that, that keep their identity alive, you know? Yeah. But we're also living in a world at the moment where there's like Canva and there are people who are working a lot to... I, you see it more like social media managers, yeah. but people are like almost low-key identifying themselves as a graphic designer to yeah. an extent. You, not many, but, but you still see it happening. Yeah. And, I, and I did want to get your opinion on it, because I, I know like Canva is like a graphic designer's nightmare, I believe. You just push so many wrong buttons on me. just like, <laughs> <laughs> And explode. <laughs> no, as in uh, me personally, speaking out loud, because I'm that kind of person I don't typically hold back. People who use Canva and call themselves designers just need to <laughs> just shut up. Just shut up. Stop talking. Okay? Let just hire a normal designer to do it for you. Uh, no, but seriously. Um look, my only problem with something like Canva, because Canva itself is a good tool. It is a tool at the end of the day. I feel like it's a very, very friendly very very limited kind of Photoshop. Yeah, but the know? only problem with the people that actually use that software is they don't understand the simple principles of design, which mm. is why most of the time the, the, the end product ends up coming out looking terrible, mm. in my opinion. Not because of the software or the limitations of the software, because if you know the principles of design, you can easily put something together. Sure. I, I put something last time for, for Christine, for something for like a, like a blog of hers, which involved like two leaves or something. Mm. Like the software itself is limited, and even she realized it was limited, but to some basic guidance on some principles of design. It looked fine. Like it looked acceptable. Like someone who knows the basics, what they're doing. Like you know, to, you need to know how. You need to have the skill set to use the tool. Yeah, it's not, it's not the fault of the tool. The tool is there. Yeah, it's like, like if you, like, uh-huh. it's like me using either Excel or 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 uh, or databases for mm-hmm. for like accounting. Like I have to know what accounting is. I I need to know the basic principles of accounting. No, it's not the software that's going to decide. Fuck of Excel, does. it's going too complicated. The amount of shit there is in Excel is insane. Like if you think ECDL covers the, <laughs> the amount of, the amount of, of formulas that are in Excel is, is insane. It's insane. But again, if you know how to use the tool, you can use then it it's well. easy and you use it well. Yeah. If you struggle and you don't know how to use the tool, then obviously everything's going to end up looking a bit shit. Yeah. I mean, there's, right, multiple, so, like, there's multiple tools for accounting, but if you don't know accounting as a subject, Theory. like it's just useless. Uh-huh. The tool is not going to do any justice. It's not going to make you a better accountant. It's like buying, it's like buying a, a twenty thousand euro iMac Pro, <laughs> and then calling yourself a video editor. Like if you don't oh. know video editing, a twenty thousand euro machine is not going to make you a better yeah. video editor. It's just going to make you 
a video editor there, a really bad video editor that's just more efficient because okay. the machine's faster. Case in point, there's a DSLR right there. I'm using a camera here. I'm not, I don't call myself a photographer or videographer, but I mean, I have it. I have yeah. the camera. I don't know how to use it that well, but I'll just put it on and maybe like try it out for stuff like this. Yeah. You know? But you're not calling uh, yourself a videographer. But I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly. not yeah. And that's what annoys me the most it's is that people who call themselves graphic designers, essentially, if you have to ask them the basic question of what are the principles of graphic design, I can assure you, 90% of the time, no one will actually know what they are. Okay, then what makes a graphic designer a graphic designer? A graphic designer is basically someone that uses the, the seven principles of design, I believe there are seven, so now you're putting me on the spot, in a way that, that communicates a message super clearly. And those are typography, white space, contrast, hierarchy, and composition, and, uh, and color, and something else. Uh, I believe no. I believe those are it. Okay. Yeah, those okay. are it. Okay. Yeah. But don't you think that I, in theory, in theory, they am I can learn those seven principles on the internet. Mm -hmm. I can design and design a logo, and then present it to a client. Does that make me a graphic designer? Because I went through that process. As in, irrelevant of the result, does that make me a graphic? That designer? That makes you a graphic designer. Are you a good yes. one? Are you a good Not one? Not a good no, one. No. Okay. If you can design a logo that looks nice. That's like that just looks nice. Mm -hmm. That you you are technically a graphic designer. Like anyone, I, I believe anyone can just really grab like a bottle and and make a nice brand or logo uh -huh. for it. Yeah, but the real the the real like standout ones are the ones that take the time to understand what the job is that they're doing more than like what the creative side of it. Like it's like it's like writing an essay. You don't just start writing an essay off the top of your head. You plan out the essay. You think like, okay, what's the subject of the essay? What's the theme? Is it a fiction? Is it like a non-fiction? Okay. Is it uh, is it a romantic? Is it is a, a romantic story? Yeah. And then from there you start building out. Okay, how many characters do I want? Who are these okay. characters? So anyone can just start writing an essay. It won't be very good. But technically, anyone anyone can be an author. Anyone ah. can write a book. Yeah, anyone can. Someone, can. If you know, shy, if someone's gonna publish you, anyone can be a publisher. Exactly. If it's a bad Okay, it's a bad so story. technically, anyone can be a graphic designer. Yeah, just like anyone can be an accountant if you just no, take the time to learn the subject. Okay, but then accountant is a warranted professional. So the definition of an accountant is someone with a warrant. That's what makes someone an accountant. Okay, someone, yeah, someone that makes a lawyer is because they have the warrant that makes them a lawyer. Some, you know, so that's a different story. And then the thing is, where I, this is where I feel like the lines start to get blurred. It's because there are tools and there are platforms where it's quite easy to trial out and showcase your work. So for example, there are mm. places like Canva where anyone can go on the website and start to play around with stuff, maybe throw in some things lightly on Photoshop, um, and, and, they, and they present then, for example, to a client for like social media, you know? Mm. Anyone can do that, so it's quite accessible. Anyone can grab their mobile phone, shoot some video clips, edit it slightly together in like iMovie and put it on yeah. YouTube and call themselves a filmmaker because they made a short film uh -huh. like that, you know? Yeah. So it's accessible to present your work. It's accessible to make your work and put it out there. Um, obviously then, without the proper research that you mentioned, you know, without, without the actual crux of it all and looking into the proper detail, doesn't mean your work is gonna be good. Mm -hmm. Whereas for example, with something like accounting, you know, it's not just a simple case of, you, you can't just do a trial balance. Maybe accounting was the wrong, was the wrong profession. Let's, let's, let's put this with law, with law, law instead. The way I see it you is... You lost a bad example. No, 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 listen, listen, no, no, you, no, no, you, you can be a warranted law. lawyer, yes, you can, but there are lawyers that just literally parrot the law and call themselves a good lawyer, and then there are people who interpret the law in a way that makes sense for their specific client. 
Now, if you, if it were you and you were caught in a court case, what kind of law would you go for? A lawyer that's just oh. gonna parrot the law and not really care about what your actual situation is, or a lawyer that's gonna interpret the law and turn it in a way that it defends you more adequately? It's the same with design. Yeah. Anyone can learn the basic principle of design, put together a nice logo and call it a day. But how many graphic designers yeah. are you going to have that are going to ask the right questions, get onto the right notes, do the right research, and then produce a logo that's actually going to work? I think then, the, but then I think, in my opinion, what makes it in a graphic designer and graphic designer is kind of the, the mentality of it. So, like, you think like a graphic designer. So, anyone can design something, I can design something. But then it's like, if you're if you think like that because you've studied it, like you shift into gear like it's there's a whole level above that people yeah, who, who exactly. are in. so you can be a graphic designer if i can draw a logo mm -hmm. but to be a graphic designer it's, it's a mindset that it's a one step above that anyone who's not a real graphic designer won't actually be able to do you know yeah. and i think that comes with experience so what makes yeah, a graphic yeah. designer is the experience you have in the south in the area as well yeah because i think it's quite um heavy on kind of experience makes a massive deal like having a portfolio and all that shit matters a lot which is, why know, I like, yeah. which is why I like branding so much because there's so much I don't understand mm. about it like there's so many like things like even like, even with brand strategy that I just don't understand which I really want to learn about like even from the business aspect of it like there's so much I want to learn from it and that's what I guess makes a good graphic designer from a superstar yeah. not that I'm saying not that I'm, yeah. I'm a superstar but it's such a the imagination so, but, so. not yet not yet <laughs> but the idea of that constant growth eh? it's constant yeah. de deeping in, going deep into the research and slowly growing your skill set to properly understand how best to use your skills yeah, just yeah. keep one-upping man every single one day just keep one-upping one like you said I learned this today okay tomorrow how am I going to apply this mm -hmm. and once I apply it what are the outcomes and what can I learn from those and then just keep on building from there. The grind just don't stop. The grind, the don't, grind stop. don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Everything in moderation, obviously. Yeah, cool. mm. Well, we'll talk yeah. about moderation more next week in terms of yeah. work hustle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. next week. We'll really, really yeah. love the next oh, episode. Yeah. Um, but thanks for that conversation, Matt. I think that was really interesting. I learned yeah. a lot from that. I, I learned like, a lot. I, I, I love, yeah, that was great. I, I love having these kind of chats where like I don't know too much about mm. the full detail of the topics because then like, you get to learn more and more out of yeah. it. Um, so thank you for your great insight all of that um, we're going to have you for one more episode which yeah. is coming out next week um, so if you enjoyed this episode guys tune in for next week um, yeah all being said I think that's it for today yeah. I will speak next week cool yeah. thank you all for listening thank you all for listening to this episode of Chatabouts if you enjoyed it feel free to subscribe follow on whatever platform you are listening to and check out our socials for when the next episode is out but until then we will see you guys later